0: This is great. the show formerly known as Quit. It's all about change, challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. Today is Friday, August 15th, 2014. This is the 53rd episode, even though I saved it uh, on the recording machine. as uh, 54th. No one will see that. No. The voice you just heard.
1: The beautiful voice. The
0: beautiful voice you just heard (laughs) is uh, that of Patty Cook. Hello. Who's here today in the studio celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday, Patty! Oh, thank you. We decided to hold off doing uh, the Quit Grit show until it was your birthday. So that's why we had to wait all those weeks to do it.
1: Makes the the whole show better.
0: So we'll do it again uh, next year. Yeah. Once a year. Once a year. One show a year. (laughs) At this rate. (laughs) We have two sponsors. Or is it three? Just two. Oh, additional talking points on page two. Yes. Thank you. Two sponsors today, Harry's.com and Squarespace will tell you more about them. And I've got something different to tell you about Squarespace. Those oh. of you who are think you know everything, you know nothing. So we'll talk about those sponsors. And we also want to say thanks very much to Cashfly, our friends at Cashfly. dot com. They provide all the bandwidth for the shows when you download them here. We appreciate them doing that. Check them out. I don't know. Things feel a little bit. They feel better today. Things feel a little things bit better. Feel better. I feel like things are back under control a little bit. That's good. Just a wee bit. Oh, look at that! I already started streaming. Everything's everything's a go. You're
1: already doing all of it.
0: Addy, you're not going to. Uh, I might take over the show. I don't like know. You do. like, it's like, my it's birthday, an so I might. Of frequency.
1: I might just. You never know.
0: I want a, I want a, a warning. So okay. there, I have a few topic ideas, and uh, I want to mention that uh, we're going to be taking some calls if we get any. We've already got one. And in the past, I would hold.
1: Until there was five. Until
0: there was five. So I, I'm, I'm not going to take calls until we get a few banked. And here's what you do. You dial 512 510 5714 Let me try that number again. 512-518-5714 to call into a show that is now called Grit. It was called Quit, not Grits. You can call it Grits.
1: Grits are good, so I think it's a positive thing.
0: The reason that I, I've been talking about changing the name for a long time, I finally went with Grit, uh, in part because of uh, the fact that, oh, people say, oh, I really liked quit. You shouldn't change it. But I'll tell you why that I wanted to change it. There's, Embrace pr- there's the change. three reasons. Three reasons I wanted to change the name. The first one is Quit, for a lot of people, means uh, the cessation of smoking. And right. people say, well, I'm not interested. I don't smoke, so I don't need to listen to the show at all. <laughs> so the, that group of people, all eight or nine of them in the world have been shut down. <laughs> That's reason number one. Reason number two is quit has a negative connotation to it as opposed to a positive one. like it's, Which is it's, what
1: the show was. The show was a positive show.
0: Well, I want it to be. It was
1: angry, but it was positive. Yeah.
0: So the six, seven people who complained about that, they're shut down. And finally, if you were to look back at the number of times that I've suggested that people actually quit compared to encouraging people to start something or improve their situation, if you were to go through those numbers statistically, you would find that most of the time I'm telling people don't quit so that it wasn't even relevant for that. It was a cool name, but I wanted to do something that was a little bit more positive. A lot of people suggested tons of great suggestions. But there was an episode of, uh, of Back to Work where Merlin and I talked about the concept of, uh, of grit. And I'm going to put this into the show notes. This was episode number 87, titled Nothing to Declare But My Coconuts. And we talk about grit. And Merlin does an excellent job, as usual, of defining it in a much better way probably than I would be able to. But it's an excellent show as a standalone show that I would love it if you would listen to that show. It's in the show notes, which can be found at 5by5.tv slash it's still quit slash 53. But if you type grit, it might or might not work. I have to write some code.
1: And you're still working on like the, you know, the rest of the things.
0: But there's new artwork.
1: Yeah, it's gorgeous. Thank you. You did that?
0: No, Jory did that. Oh, okay. But it's my show. (laughs) 512-518-5714, Five one two five one eight five seven one four. The number dial. We get a caller on hold, but I'm not going to do a show until we get more. But if, if there are people who have submitted questions on Twitter and in email, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is negotiation. Oh, I got to define what grit is.
1: Yes, define grit. Sorry, I got and ahead defi- of myself. Yes, there. and define where the show will the show be changing? Dan,
0: the show will not be changing.
1: It's just a more appro- appropriate name.
0: Grit is defined as small, loose particles of stone or sand, which is what we're going to be talking about today.
1: This is now a mining show. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. wait, that's the wrong definition. No. Courage and resolve, strength of character. Synonyms, courage, bravery, metal, backbone, spirit, nerve, fortitude, toughness, hardiness, Tenacity, perseverance, endurance. I like that better. You like it better? Than uh, the stones or sand one. You can use it as a a verb to clench your teeth, especially in order to keep one's resolve when faced with an unpleasant or painful duty.
1: I like that one.
0: Comes from uh, Germanic origin, which is all right. We can forgive that. No, no, no word is perfect. There's also uh, a really nice Wikipedia entry on it. Grit in psychology is a positive non-cognitive trait based on an individual's passion for a particular long-term goal or end state coupled with a powerful motivation to achieve their respective objective. The only way out is through. When you're going through hell, keep going. I think that's more what this show is about. Or what, what I've wanted it to be about, what I hope it's about. So, enough of that. That's the name of the show. I would like to respond earlier today.
1: Ah, uh, yes, to a... To a tweet.
0: We'll start also with... A that.
1: press release. <laughs> what, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> is that... Okay. So, I, I like to respond to all of my tweets. I try really hard to respond to everybody.
1: You're good at that. I I like to take a page out of your book.
0: Oh, Really? I didn't. I've been
1: trying to do that more
0: to reply to people's t- well. It's important.
1: I read every single one of them. It's just the replies. It's but I think you're doing it right. So I think people, more people, should model themselves after how you do it.
0: Well, I always, I always want to be able to reply uh, as thoughtfully as I can to what people say. And sometimes I get a tweet that uh, that just it doesn't really make much sense to me, uh, but. This one I thought was worth reading uh, on the show. Let me see if it's here. Hold on, because it seems like he has deleted it, which is terrible. You never never delete your tweets.
1: Never delete a tweet.
0: Oh, I think he did delete it.
1: Oh. Because of your response?
0: I don't I don't know. Look at that. It's gone. Mm. Look at that. He took it away. Hm. Well, what can I say about that? What do you say about that when someone de- goes in and deletes their tweets? Well, I'll, I'll give you the gist of what the the tweet was. Yeah, he he it was a he was writing in to complain that uh, all five by five shows seem to be ending. Even quit is gone, and uh, this spells certain doom for five by five. To which I replied, actually, what what shows are gone, Mike? You know, is graduated to doing his own thing. We've in- mm-hmm. incubated here, you could say, and yep. then went off and did his own thing. I said, but there's no other show. So just rename Quit. What are you talking about? And, and on your birthday, too, Hattie.
1: I know. I
0: know. The nerve.
1: Yeah. That's Let's blame everything on that.
0: Anyway, yeah. he's gone. He deleted his tweets I feel bad about that because I, I won't, you know. Anyway, I said, no, what are you talking about? Nothing's, in fact, it's a, a joyous day. Hattie's birthday, renaming yeah. of a show. Full speed ahead. <laughs> that's what I said. But get, that's what we're doing. We've got a lot of things going on behind the scenes here. And I want to talk about that because how easy it is to stall out on something and, and and how do you keep going when it feels like you're, you know, you're up against tons of opposition. So we can talk about that. But before we do that, I want to talk about negotiating.
1: I, I, I've i watched you. Yes, because I've I've learned a lot of negotiation tactics.
0: It's all I do seven days a week, twenty four hours a day, except it's when just, I even during sleep.
1: Well, they say everything is negotiable,
0: so it's true. Everybody has a price, Hattie. Yeah, even even uh, even me, I guess. So here's the, here's what I've been negotiating: cars. Yep, I have a great car. I'm not afraid to say what kind of car. There's people <laughs> who get very weird about talking about what kind of car they have. I have yeah. an, I have an, uh, a a two thousand. Do we say it was a 12? We
1: actually oh, really you, you learned?
0: I don't know. 2012 I think Audi A4. Wonderful car. Safe. And uh and I enjoy enjoy that car. However, uh with with two kids, both of them now big enough to want to go with dad around places and it's not just taking one. And one of them is especially big. He's he's a growing boy. Almost seven now. I've, you
1: refer to him as a beast.
0: He can be a beast, <laughs> and you know it, it. You get to a point where you say, you know what, the, the car is just not. It's not doing the job anymore. It's too difficult to get them and all their stuff in and out of it, and I've got to get something bigger. But uh, you know, my disappointment in in vehicles in general, but my disappointment in in passenger sedan type vehicles. Yeah, I'm going going back to the concept of of uh, getting something that's just bigger. So I've been test driving a lot of cars, and I find that if you go to car dealerships, what I'll call mainstream cars, so this would include pretty much all American cars, maybe with the exception of like Cadillac, uh, most basic Japanese cars, Honda, Toyota. Those kinds of dealerships they're 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 always they're very used to. Uh, They're selling cars in there. They're selling cars. Actively
1: selling, yes. I would would agree with
0: that. You know what I'm talking about. Go and do likewise. Sales. This is the situation you have when somebody walks into a lot. And they're walking around, they're looking, they're looking around. Well, maybe I'm going to get, you know. Yeah, maybe I'm going to get a car. I don't I don't really know, you know. I used to be a sales, you know, that kind of. Thing. <laughs> and the job of the folks on the lot are to pressure you as a person walking around thinking about getting a car. They're they're walking around to try and close. They want to close. I got to play this one.
2: You want to work here? close
0: that's that is that the pressure. is the car
1: salesman's uh motto
0: yeah and when Hattie walks onto the lot
1: Everyone thinks the car is for me.
0: Yeah. So they're going to run over there and they're going to try and sell on. But, but, you know, if you just showed up on a car lot on a right, let's say Toyota.
1: Just walked up. You're
0: going to be swarmed by the the people to try and sell you this car. They're not, they're not there to let you look around and just enjoy. They are there to sell you. What what are you going to, what do you want to do today? How can I get you in a car today? They ask, they still ask these questions. They draw the little grid with the little numbers and try to see whether you look at the monthly payment or the down payment or the other thing, you know, then when you go up to... To that sort of next level, which is going to be, you know, whether it's uh, Acura, Lexus, uh, BMW, Volkswagen, even maybe even a Volvo, Volvo for sure, Audi. At that level, they're a little more comfortable. They they don't care if I mean right. they care if you buy, it, but they're not going to pressure you I would into buying.
1: The time that you walk in the door to the time that they speak to you tells you it it. it uh, there's more time at the, I would say, the luxury car dealerships. Right. They, they don't
0: care. They'll let you walk around. Do they you
1: let mean. the cars speak for themselves. But
0: at the end of the day, there's always negotiation. Yeah. There's always negotiation involved. And this is something that I, I always take this into the world of business as well. Uh, everything is a negotiation at all times. Any kind of agreement that you ever make with anybody is going to be a negotiation of one kind or another. Whether it's how much you're willing to pay for a car, how much you're going to be making at your job, how much your raise is going to be for. There's never a situation that I can think of where there's just some bottom line. And let me tell you about the the biggest mistake you can make in any negotiation ever is to stand up and, and walk away or is to take somebody's offer first offer, second offer, third offer, but especially that first one as final. Right. And I remember not too long ago. And how do you remember this one as well? We were talking to somebody and they specifically said, well, don't, don't, don't try to talk about this. They were just up from the table and done. Remember that? Yes. And the, that is the absolute indication of somebody who, to be honest, the, the only word that comes to mind is an amateur. They're an amateur. They don't understand negotiation. They don't understand making a deal. Because the reality is, and, and you see this in politics all the time, Yeah, the deal is not done, or the negotiation, I should say, the negotiation isn't over until someone gets up from the table. And no matter how far apart, You think you might be from somebody else. The reality is there is a middle ground and you might be surprised how far they'll go. As long as you're willing to just talk. It doesn't have to be adversarial. There was a situation where I was, uh, I don't want to go into details to protect the innocent. (laughs) But I was talking to somebody about providing some services. And we had a very, very, very small budget for what we needed to do. And we, let's just say we were going to buy something that was a stock version. And this person wanted to create something that was custom. And my budget was $40, $40. Yeah. Not a lot of money could buy the stock thing and it would do. I was introduced to this other person. uh, And, and they said, well, listen, yeah, we'd, we'd love to make this thing for you, but uh, you know, to do it is about four, four or 500 bucks. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I said, listen, um, and this was absolutely a negotiation tactic. I said, I don't, I don't want to waste your time uh but but our budget is so far below so far, like forty to four hundred not
1: a, not something you could be like, well, how about this? Right. like
0: <laughs> It wasn't like, well, we got two fifty and you're asking like, three fifty well, come you know meet me three hundred no, this was completely, and I said, L- we just we just simply do not have the budget for it. I apologize we can't we just don't have the budget uh can't afford it. I'm sorry, and their response was intelligently they've done this before yes you can tell well give me an idea what your budget was because i'd really like to to work on this project but uh but you know i i I, i'd be more you know let's keep talking and i said listen i we're just really way 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 off on this and i i I feel like it would be insulting to even say their response try me said 40 bucks they said done (laughs) Now, that's an extreme situation. <laughs> yes, this is a
1: very extreme situation. But it just
0: goes to show you that there are motivations there.
1: Just because their price was $400 doesn't mean that they won't ever accept anything right. else.
0: And that's an extreme situation, but it is a nice example, And I if think. you
1: got it for 350 bucks or 399 bucks, even, that you still negotiated still got it and somewhere. that's still a dollar more that's in your pocket and not theirs in a way.
0: You know, you can go in and, and there's always a saying that, oh, today, you know, people don't want to, they won't let you get up and walk away from uh, from the table when you're negotiating a car deal. Well, oh, yeah, you can. And if you really feel like things are going to be crazy. But, the, you know, cars are, are such a strange industry that it's probably a bad example. But I think that every single day you're in a situation where, yeah, if you go into the grocery store and something's marked, you know. Five bucks, it's going to be five bucks.
1: Right, you can't really negotiate that. But you can always
0: negotiate for services. And there are some people who say, no, my, my price is non-negotiable. And maybe that's the case. Uh, but it never hurts to ask. The answer can always be no. And if you don't ask, you'll never get that the no The worst answer.
1: they can say is no. Worst that's they the can best, say is no. That's the best thing that I've ever learned, I think, is the worst they can say is no.
0: Yeah. And I remember, but you've got to be careful. And I've, I've used the I've talked about this story before. There was a company that I was working for, it was a startup and there was a there was a, a a number of people who applied. We didn't really like any of them. But there was one guy who we thought, well, you know, and for whatever reason, the hiring manager was kind of a kind of a chicken
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he didn't want to just flat out tell this guy no for some reason. So he made him this incredibly low ball offer. The job was maybe a sixty five, seventy oh. K job. He offered him forty K for it or something like that. And the guy said yes. And we were stuck with this guy now. <laughs> Because we'd made them an offer. Right. So it can backfire on you. But when you're negotiating something, you just you need to keep in mind what the other person's high and low points are. You need to understand their goals. You need to understand what they are trying to get away with. uh, Do they want with
1: for a lower price? Do they want to do the least amount of work? What is their low and what is their high and then work within that?
0: You got to figure out their their high and their low. You got to figure out what their goals are. A lot of the time, when uh, when people come in here, uh, or not come in here, but when when we're talking to them about uh, about you know they want to sponsor some shows, Mm -hmm. they're here to sponsor some shows. They want to sponsor some shows, and and they say, well, you know, like uh, here's what CPM we're looking for. What can you do for us? Well, right away they're hitting us with the lowest possible cpm that they could come up with there you know right we want to do a 10 cpm well right, no like, we're not huh. going to do it, we're not going to do a 10 cpm we, we usually do you know and we'll, we'll now give I them a, a regular number now but now you know you right. know and if they're if they're asking for 10 cpm maybe they're really going to be happy with 15 or 20 maybe 25 right so they just want to
1: see what you're willing to say no to right
0: <laughs> and there is the response that you can come back with is well i can't quite do that cpm but we can this. come down from our our current CPM if you're willing to spend more with us, mm-hmm. and that, well, yes, actually, we would be willing to spend more if we can get a CPM and return on on our investment. So then you can. That, so now there's a dialogue. Whereas I've seen people time and time again, amateurs say, "Well, no, that's thing. my price. Buy, see you, out,
1: Peace. right?" And you're like, "Okay, then." It's wrong. the The most difficult thing I think never is, walk away. No, the most difficult thing I think for me, you know, dealing with. Um, you know, trying to book a sponsorship is when someone it's comes in. what do every in, day, all day. So, when someone comes in and says, You're like, So, do you have a budget in mind? Maybe a start date or, you know, um, or CPM in mind? And they're like, Well, we need to see everything first before I tell you any of that information. I'm like, Well, I'm just trying to kind of get a picture about anything that you're kind of even thinking about. Maybe I can make suggestions. For shows based on that price, maybe if you even tell me what your price, you know, your, um, excuse me, your, uh, your CPM or your start date or any of that, that gives me some sort of guideline to maybe say, Hey, they're looking for a really, really big buy. I can already bring all of our pricing down for certain things. Like, I don't think maybe I'm not explaining it correctly to them, but people don't seem to really get that.
0: Yeah, it's, and it's tough, and there's a whole community. Or they'll be, they'll be very
1: uh, elusive on purpose. Mm. Well, we're just not sure.
0: We don't really we're know not what sure. our budget is. We're
1: not sure. Yes, you do. You know what your budget is. They always know. You always know what your budget is.
0: <laughs> Once in a while, you'll get a company who's got a lot of money, and they'll say, we, we'll spend whatever whatever it takes as long as we get a return. And then they so they'll do a small test, and then they'll come back, and they'll say, hey, that really worked. Mm-hmm we'll come back and and now you know what we spent we now spent $2000 no right. but we really don't have a, you know what we'll spend 20 30 40 you know what that, that happens right they just want to see a return that's rare but you know one of question the questions that people those <laughs> yeah. are the fun ones but uh, you know one question that people are, are always asking me about like what we do at Archer Avenue with selling sponsorships for for podcasts is like is there too small of a show and the answer generally is no um we we work things into channels so we'll sell You know, we might have five smaller shows that we can bundle together and sell Mm -hmm. as a package deal. And it's interesting because there's been this huge shift in the way that people sponsor podcasts. Very much so. You know, it used to be like, we like this one show and we want to sponsor this one show. And now, and by the way, I'll say intelligently, sponsors are getting smarter. And the sponsors are starting to realize that it's not so much a particular show as it is unique downloads and performance of those downloads.
1: And the type of target listeners that they're trying to hit. So yeah. like, I'm reaching I want to reach gamers. Okay. You know, it's not every once in a while someone will come in and be like, we love Jeff Canada," or we love yeah. Dan. I want it to be on every show that Dan's that happens, on. Yeah. That happens a lot. And that's good. We like that. Um, because then you know, when you're writing the read and things like that. I know, I know how to write a, it's not even a script. I know what kind of bullets yeah. <laughs> points to write for you. Cause yeah. I know that you're going to just run with it. Um, I don't know. There's different things that make it easier and more difficult.
0: But the, the, as, as, as a whole sponsors are getting smart and they're starting to realize, you know, if I were to say to you listeners as a potential sponsor for a show, you know, they might come back and say, gosh, I sure do love grit. I love, you know, or I love back to work with, with Merlin and Dan and, You know, do you do you love it or do you just want the access to that audience who is going to be very, very responsive? Maybe both. Hopefully both. Mm -hmm. But in many cases, you know, like there's a demographic
3: and you're you're thinking about
0: that. Oh, I've got an iOS app that's targeted for designers. I want as many really good designer listeners to hear that? that. Designers. (laughs) designers <laughs> do, do you really care if it's Jeffrey Zeldman or Jen Simmons doing the ad no you just want a designer to buy your product right so that's that's a big shift I know we're off topic here with with negotiation but that's <laughs> that's a big shift in the fact that you know if I have a product I just want to put it in front of the most engaged listeners possible in that demographic that the I'm The People going for.
1: most likely to go and click by
0: on that. Exactly. <laughs> and if those come from Jeffrey Zeldman or they come from Jeff Canada or they come from Dan, I don't care. Right. I want to sell this app or I want to sell this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that mentality is always there on both sides of, of the negotiation. When you're sitting down with somebody like right now, just got a just got a text about this one car that I'm I'm talking to the guy about. And here's here's what he says to me. He's, he's sending over, uh, like the, the deal right now in text. And he says, here's your trade and the MSRP on ours. Okay. That's not what they'll sell it for. They'll sell it for less. He says, tell me where I can earn your business and we'll go from there. He's negotiating right now. And he understands this is not my first car. Oh yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and he's basically saying, Hey, Make me make me an offer on this. Here's what we'll go on your trade. Here's our MSRP. Yeah. Let's, let's find a place. Now, he's putting the ball in my court to do that.
1: And that's in a negotiation. That's very smart because you might have your high and your low, but now you're finding out – he's finding out what your high and low is. Exactly. Or what your even like middle ground is.
0: Now, do you think that puts me in an advantage or a disadvantage?
1: Hmm. I think it probably – I think it puts you in an advantage so? in a way because <laughs> Okay, I'm going to change my answer. A little <laughs> bit a little bit of a disadvantage because whatever number you say is now going to be either the low or the high, in, in a sense.
0: Right. So what 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 is my response going to be to this? When he comes back, is it, how gonna, much below would... MSRP am I going to go? Well, I've got so many tools at my disposal. I remember uh, one time when I, when I was buying, just to put this into perspective. Right. Let's say this is mid, like late 90s, right? And we were getting a, a Volkswagen Golf. This is before the internet was... So prominent that it was a given that if somebody told you something, you could pull out your iPhone and double check it, right? Right. Uh, So I did a lot of research. And when I walked in there, and again, this is the next point, research, very useful in a negotiation. I walked in there and I had done tons of research. I knew a lot of this from the internet. I knew exactly how much they paid for the car, Uh which is called dealer invoice. I knew the MSRP. I knew, uh, I knew, it, I knew every single thing about the car itself. Right. And you know what I did? I printed it out because mm-hmm. we used to print things in those days. I printed it out and I put it into a binder. And I had the binder with me. And so when we were sitting in there to starting to negotiate, I opened and I didn't slam it on his desk. I just, I had it on my lap, opened the binder and I flipped through the pages and I had my notes and I had the printouts and I had things like that.
1: You're a scary person to a. Salesman,
0: yeah, and I and I said <laughs> I said okay, um, well, based on my research, your invoice is this, and the MSRP is this. Um, I understand the dealership costs are this, this, mm-hmm. and this. Destination charge, da 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 da. And I ran through it with him, and I said, uh, I said, so so this seems to be like a reasonable offer, and it looks like you guys will make this much money from that. And he said, I've never seen anybody. Come in with this kind of numbers and have this kind of research before and I've been selling cars for 15 years. Now that's much more normal because we've got Kelly Blue Book online. We've right, got Edmunds right. online. We've got Auto Trader, We've got all of this it, stuff. It
1: almost They almost encourage you to go and do that now. Like they're saying, look, you've got the tools to negotiate with us. We're still going to kind of, you know, we're going to give our price. But right. if you come in and you do know things, then – Bring it on.
0: And that is so true, Hattie, for every single yeah. negotiation. The more, and this is, you know, I think uh, I'm uh, misquoting uh, Sun Tzu, Art of War, but knowing your enemy, right? Yeah. Like, you don't have to think of these people as your enemy, but go but in in a there negotiation, knowing... there
1: is a you versus them.
0: Right. How much do they know about you when you walk in? They know the car that you're driving and right. they're going to size you up based on what you're wearing. And that's about it. That's all they know. But you know everything about them. Yeah. Or you better know everything about them. If it's a car dealership, how big of a dealership is it? What kind of turnaround do they do? What is the car that you're buying? Are there tons and tons of them on? Because the, when you're they're there, they're like, oh, I got four or five on the lot that uh, match your criteria. Well, guess what? That's in a huge advantage to me. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? Car That car, we're going to have to special order. That's going to take eight weeks. You're not negotiating with that guy at all. No. If there's a waiting list for that car, there's no negotiation.
1: Right. Because it's out of their hands in a way. Like,
0: uh, And you know what? If you don't buy it, there's another guy who's ready to come in and put his order mm down. When you're negotiating on a contract, when you have something to sell or you want to buy something, you're negotiating on a job with somebody. And they come in and, again, you know, someone sits down in an interview. You're being interviewed. And you say to uh, the person says, well, do you, you know, the salary range for this position is a uh, 50 to 65 K right away, no matter what they've said, that's not enough. Right. Well, that would be, you know, you can't lie and say, well, that would be a cut from my current position. So I'm not quite sure I can say, <sighs> no, you don't have to be like that. Right. But you can say, I was really looking for more. I guess I'd be at the high end of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I, I guess, uh, I guess that 65 k, I, I I could make that work but i'd be interested to know what the compensation plan would be how how can i how can i move up from there because i right. i need to doesn't matter what they offer you if you're blown away by their offer then maybe that job's tougher than you think it's going to be i remember i was interviewing with a company deloitte touche
1: ooh yes <laughs>
0: back in uh you know back in the in the big heyday of the dot com time period and they wanted me to move from uh, florida to boston To go and work with them. And I should have done it, by the way. But uh, their offer Mm -hmm. was significantly more than any offer for any job I was getting in Florida. Yeah. Way bigger. Way better. Well, this is when I learned a little something about cost of living. Cost Mm -hmm. of living in Boston compared to Florida was – I was actually going to be taking a a, a decent-sized pay cut.
1: To exactly. go and live in
0: Boston and do that job.
1: You have to compare it to what, you know, it's, what is it comparable to and things like that. We were looking up cost of living a little while back.
0: Yeah. We, for somebody we were going to potentially oh, right, hire. Right, right,
1: right. And, uh,
0: and we found out that we couldn't, we couldn't afford the person. Right. Because they were, their cost of living where they lived, they were going to be doing some remote work, which we couldn't afford it. Because what we could afford to pay here in Texas yeah didn't match up with what they needed for their standard of living. So many things to think about when you're uh, when you're when you're in that kind of job interview situation. and people are always you know the, people always have a motivation. people always 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 are trying to to save their own money. and it is so tricky walking that line in a negotiation but the, 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 the thing that you can do when you're walking into that situation. Is the more that you know about the person that you're dealing with, yeah, about the approach to that person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, little little things. And I will tell you this, and you've seen me do this all the time. the The more pleasant the interaction, the more at ease the person feels right. in the negotiation, the better deal you're going to get. Right. So, people are human. Right. They you, have their bottom line, but they're still people.
1: If you come in and you're like look, this is how much I've read about, this is what I'm going to get, and this, you know what, if you make me anything lower than this, then that's just going to be an insult. Like, if you come in with that attitude, no one wants to deal with someone like
0: that. They definitely don't.
1: Why would you want to give that person something special and good, you know, as like a discount or a better rate or anything like that? Why would, why do you want to give someone who's already angry at you... (laughs) a gift. <laughs> Does it doesn't make and sense. It is
0: all about people. Yeah. You know, we have sponsors who they, you come in and you know, you know, right away that, they, that whether it's their boss or whoever, that they are driven by the bottom line, they have a certain amount of money to spend. They want they're to numbers get the most bang for their buck. Yeah. They're numbers people. Guess what? If you, if you tell them right away, like, listen, I'm going to make you look like a superhero to your boss, right? Yeah. You're going to rip your shirt off and underneath you're going to be wearing <laughs> a Superman costume and you're going to fly and out through shoes. the window yeah. and your boss is going to love you because that's the deal that I'm going to put together for you. They'll be laughing on the other end of the phone and guess what? They would now prefer to deal with you than the other person who's selling something because right. you made them laugh like, and you understand the their situation.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it It always comes down to... Personal relationships. It's just like Jerry Maguire's uh, old old uh, boss said, old mentor. Well,
1: you have to look at it from their point of view. You know, if they're like, look, we have to have a 15 CPM or 10 CPM. That's not Bill Bob trying to get a lower price out of you. That's Bill Bob's boss's boss's boss telling him he only has this much money to spend. He better go and get the most shows for that CPM.
0: Wonder Yak in the chat room says Audi drivers around here are the biggest D-bags on the road. I, that's because you must not have a lot of uh, BMW drivers around. That's true. Because they're worse. They're much worse. Not getting another Audi. I loved it though. Great car.
1: You looked at the, you looked at the other one. Yeah, I looked at a couple other Q- Audis. I looked seven. at the
0: A6. I looked at the, the Q5, uh, the Q7. Q7's great, but it's just, it's too much of a prestige vehicle, I feel like. AG says, Shabbat Shalom from Jerusalem, Israel. Wonder Yak, talking about the Jaguar dealerships. Check out the car. I have a Starbucks. Yeah. It's true. This is, you know, they're trying to create an environment that makes you feel at home. They're trying to create an environment that, that makes you feel comfortable so that they can, you know, get, get one up on you a little bit.
1: Well, and that's, you know, I think that also is, if you're going to compare American car dealerships to foreign, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, or like luxury foreign, I guess. Um, they that's their whole shtick is we're not the hey, welcome to the car dealer show. <laughs> They're not the schmoozy salesman that they are creating creating an experience, and that's what makes you want that car. Is for the experience of purchasing it. The kind of, it it basically. The experience you have at a dealership sets the personality for that brand of car.
0: Right. You know, and you know what always disappoints me a little bit is when you start out and and you have this nice relationship with the person who's doing the sale and then everything seems to be going well. <laughs> well let me take you over to well, Linda, my sales manager. Let me introduce you to Linda. She's going to have to uh, close this for you. you know. Right, like, and then all great. of a sudden, like now you've been handed off. The best experiences I've had are, are like, where the no. one salesperson can do the All whole, run the whole process, run the whole process from start to finish. And it's crazy to me that they're still doing these high pressure tactics like, and they work, they work on people. They still work on people. Yeah. They're, and I, I joke when I go to the nicer dealerships and I, I'm talking to All them right. and I, I always say this as a joke. I'm like, uh, uh, Tony, you're not going to lose my keys, are you? Like they do over at Toyota. And I, and this is a real story. I will and they tell look you. At you, they like, look at me like, in the headlights. Are, you, are you kidding? I, yeah. And and then they realize I'm joking, but I had a situation <laughs> one time. Listen to this story again. I got to, I got to go back in time a little bit and, uh, and, and say, this is back in the time when not everyone had a cell phone. Okay. Uh, you were not a superstar with a cell phone, but it just, you know, it wasn't quite a hundred percent of everyone had a cell mm-hmm. phone. And I was, uh, I was looking at a, a car and I'm, I'm almost positive it was a Toyota. Sorry, Toyota. You, this is a bad dealership not reflective on your vehicles. In case you want to sponsor, get in touch with Hattie <laughs> or Bailey. And I was in the Toyota dealership and I had, uh, it was in the evening, seven o'clock at night after work. And I was in there and I said, well, let me, you know, let me take a car for a test drive. I was very early in my research stages. And I said, oh yeah, let me take one for a test drive. So I took it for whatever it was for a test drive. It was fine. I had pretty much decided I wasn't going to buy it. Uh, but you know, if, if I could have gotten a good enough deal, it was between that and another car. Maybe I would have. And they said, well, you know, we want to take a quick look at your car while we do the test drive. And I was ignorant, naive enough to say, okay, sure. So I let them take it for a test drive or not test drive for an appraisal while I was doing the test drive, come back. And, you know, then you've got the two sales guys there drawing the little, little hash marks and seeing which number I look at more and, one guy's like, well, what, what's it going to take to get you into car tonight? What is it going to take to get you into car tonight? And I said, there's absolutely nothing that you could do or say that would get me into a car tonight. I'm very early in my research stage, which is what I told you when you started out in the evening. Right. That I just was learning and wanting to do a test drive."
1: It's like when they don't respect your boundaries. That's right. annoying.
0: <laughs> right. But there's got to be something that I can do to get you in some car here tonight. I said, I'm I'm sorry. There's truly, absolutely nothing. All right, then. And he got up and and left. So I'm waiting around, waiting around. Nobody's coming back with my keys. So try to find that guy. He's gone. You know, he's in the back somewhere. Find someone else. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, you're going to go over here. So I went over and literally the people behind the desk would not look at me. I said, I'd really like to get my keys back. I'm ready to go. They wouldn't. Oh, well, we don't know where those are. And it turned out that I happened to, you know, say, listen, I have a cell phone. And if you guys can't find my keys, I will call the police because I'd been there for like 30 minutes waiting. Oh get my, my keys gosh. back. Right. Well, we'll basically... see if we can run and go and find him. So while, while the, pe- then the people get up from the desk and leave and I look over and I see my keys are like. On a little, in a little plastic fishbowl with a bunch of other keys in there that they, I guess they put them into like after they've done the appraisal or whatever, but I could see my keychain.
1: Right, you're like, it's right there.
0: And I'm, I say loudly, I'm getting my car keys out of this fishbowl and no one did anything. I'm like, just in case they don't, you know, tackle me or something. And I got them and I left. But this is a tactic that still happens where if you go to certain dealerships, well, we, we misplaced your keys, but uh, we can work on this deal while they go find them, you know. Right. Here's what we're going to give you it's for Keep the you on the lot for a little longer. <laughs> crazy. It's annoying. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that goes on in a desperate negotiation. It's crazy. All right, let me tell you about our first sponsor, Tarry's. Again, this is an example, I think, of a company that's just trying to make the purchasing process simple. Mm-hmm. That's their goal. They have a really great product, really great product. And they just want to let you go and get, get this thing, get out of there. And that was actually the inspiration for the entire Harry's experience. One of the founders of the company, these are the same guys that, that, uh, that, that make Warby, Warby Parker, which is glasses, my favorite glasses. I've got like three or four pairs of Warby's now.
1: I'm looking to get some.
0: Yeah, you should. What they did is they took all the things they'd learned about by making these great Warby Parker glasses and they made they started making razors. Shaving. Because shaving's a pain, right? It sucks. It's uncomfortable. You get nicks, cuts, scrapes, razor burn, all of that stuff. And to make it worse, razor blades today are outrageously expensive. Have you ever gone into your local, you know, large convenience store and, and, and priced these things? It's insane. This is where Harry's comes in. Two guys wanted to make a better product for you so that you can get a great razor and great blades without paying an arm and a leg for it. They make their own blades in this really nice company, a really nice factory in uh, in Germany. They're working with these guys. They partnered with them. And then after they did it for a little while, they said, you know what? We're going to buy this factory in Germany.
1: They, Just make it ours. They make it our bought own. their
0: own factory because they're, they were making the highest quality, best German blades ever. No more poor quality blades. And this business model lets them give us the consumer, the, the factory direct pricing. Fraction of the cost you're going to pay in a drugstore. You don't have to worry about you trying to find the right blade for you. you. You order from them half the price of the other blades, and they give you this really, really great razor. Joy to hold. True. And they ship it right to you. $15. bucks, you are going to get a razor. You're going to get their shaving cream. You're going to get three razor blades. Why pay 32 bucks for an eight-pack? <laughs> On average... An everyday shaver shaves $150 each year on blades using Harry. So go check this guy, this stuff out. Harry's dot com, H A R R Y S dot com. The coupon code is quit. Q U I T. Because you're going to quit paying too much, right? Yeah. And what will that give you? Five dollars off. Harry's five bucks off. How are people not aware of this, Hattie? This is bothering I you. I don't know. Harry's. These guys are doing such a good job and I have, I have one of their kits. You can get an engraved lovely oh, birthday present. Beautiful. Did, do you have a guess what I got you for, for your birthday? <gasps> I got you a Harry's uh, shave kit with my initials on it.
1: With, oh, with yours? Yes. Oh, that's so, so that sweet. Every
0: time you shave your face, you can think of me.
1: Keep that stubble, mm-hmm. you know. Keep it smooth.
0: So, happy birthday. Thank you. And uh, harrys.com. Use the coupon code quit. Get five bucks. Uh, awesome deal. So uh, we have a caller, but I told you I'm not going to take calls until we unless we get five. We don't get five. See, this is an impromptu show, so people weren't working. Like right. usually, if I announce it in the early part of the week, I'm going to be doing quit at noon on right, Friday. It gives people to think
1: about something. People that start and then and then anyway. we get
0: like sixteen to twenty calls. If I just like today, I just announced it thirty minutes before the show. We get one caller. I'll get to the call. Oh no, now we got two. Uh-huh. That's See, because
1: you said it. You said just call jackals if you're listening. Just call in.
0: Guy, uh, I don't know, does he say I can use his name? He says, if you want to use my first name, that'd be fine. Justin writes in, TLDR of my situation. And by the way, he sends this picture. I think he'll like this picture. Can you describe it, please?
1: Ah, he is wearing a That's Fine for Merlin shirt in front of a TARDIS
0: Mm -hmm. from Doctor Who. Mm Mm-hmm. There's not really an explanation as to why he's doing that, but who cares? He's wearing a 5 by 5 He's probably
1: at a Comic-Con or something.
0: I think that's his living room.
1: That would be a cool living room.
0: Ex-architecture student repositioned into lighting. We need his help. We need lighting in the studio. Got uh, a job three years ago when I was still an architect at Mechanical Contractors to draft for them. Since then, my position has turned into more of an admin assistant getting paid decently for work I do, can pay off my student loans in a year if I keep working here, but I feel like I have the opportunity cost of not actually getting to design and follow what I want to do, still need to get a master's in lighting so I can open my own firm later and teach. I feel like if I try to quit or reposition now, I may have to take a cash pay cut to do so. I graduate in December, so it's kind of a turning point. So basically, to to summarize his situation, he was in architecture. Now he's doing lighting. But he does not, his job, he's an administ, essentially an administrative assistant now. He can pay off his student loans in a year. Pay off your loans. Yeah. Stay where you are. Pay off your loans. Do as much learning and moonlighting and just sit there and read. Every night, read. Every night, talk to people who are doing the work that you want to do. Mm-hmm. every single night, spend get your into time the doing it. get in that community, be in the community learn as much as you can But P- pay off your loans you, you don't are want never going to be you. happier than the, the, the sooner you can pay it off, the better you're doing a stupid job all day long and it's beneath you and you hate it, fine do exactly what's needed for you keep a positive attitude so that yeah. people like you and don't fire you do, yeah, don't ex- get fired. do what you need to do And make plans. Yeah. Make your plans and check the things off your list one by one by one. The easy job that you have or the boring job that you have, that's fine. You know, a year, when you're young, a year seems like a long time. It's not a long time. No. It is not a long time.
1: Not if you're going to live to be like 100. Right. (laughs) Like, one year, okay.
0: (laughs) Bide your time. I'm sure that there are things about the job that you like. Focus on those. Do the work for them. And you know, what? it's not going to hurt for you to say to your boss, you know, I feel like my job has kind of become more of an admin assistant. And even though I'm getting paid decently, uh, you know, I feel, like, like, I more feel more. like I feel like I'd like to be doing more of the other thing.
1: Chances are they're going to say, great, we have lots of things for you to do. <laughs> probably,
0: probably. Or they might say, gosh, I know you don't like it and I know you're overqualified for it, but this is the help that we really need right now. And I hope you can, I hope you can stick around. There's a lot of things you could negotiate into. Uh-huh. You know what? I, I feel like I should be earning more or I'd really like to be doing these other things. Or, you know, could we say 20% of my time could be spent doing this other non-administrative right. assistance? They're, they're going to be open-minded. And if they're not open-minded, then you know what? Ride it out. Yeah. Ride it out.
1: But you don't want those over you. don't want hanging that over, over, you. over you. It's just going to stress you out. Imagine
0: all you, you owe can think about. nothing.
4: Ugh.
0: What do you owe? Nothing. Then you could really do whatever you want to do. Literally. <laughs> The last thing you want is, why well, I made a change and I want to start my own. Well, good. You want to start your own firm? Good. You've got a lot to research before you start your own firm. And you just said that you need to get a master's. I don't know if you should get the master's yet. Start doing it. Get a job in the field and make sure that you like it. If it's possible to do that without a master's. I don't know about lighting. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I'll Google it. Do you need a master's in lighting or do you just want one? Or who told you that you need one? Make sure you really need one. I don't know. You look like a smart guy. He looks smart. Yeah. He's in front of a TARDIS and he's wearing, he's wearing the best shirt He's wearing a 5 shirt by ever. 5 Merlin shirt. He looks so really smart.
1: That's the smartest choice he's I'm ever made. I'm telling
0: you, people, if you owe money, if you're in a situation, and, and, and it's a finite thing. He's a young guy. He graduates in December. Dude, pay it off. Ooh, look at that. Look at that. What is that, Hattie?
1: We're looking at a photograph of a uh, an, of an article. This is a master of science in lighting, and you see someone checking out some really cool. Seems like it has a lot of engineering and things like that involved.
0: It looks really cool. Maybe he does need a master's, but get in that field. Pay off your loan. Get in that field, but don't leave. Don't walk. Okay, good. We got some good calls coming. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't sit there and and leave a job that's got a solid paycheck coming in that's not mentally taxing take that energy that you would be having to spend in a job uh, maybe a new one and devote spend your evening every evening are you reading a book on architectural lighting get ahead of the masters you need that degree in master great what what books are they going to read what topics are they going to cover because the smarter that you are going into that degree the more that you already know the easier those classes are going to be the mm-hmm. better chance you're going to make an a then you're going to graduate with a 4.0 like hattie yeah <laughs> valedictorian no, I, had, I had a good i had a good uh, valedictorian
1: yeah. not not 4.0 good but
0: but good. why do you always t- say oh no you, you always say you're a debutante not a valedictorian
1: uh neither
0: okay So that's Justin. Justin, I hope you're listening to this. I hope it helps you. Told him to call in. Maybe he is. Maybe he's one of these people who's on hold. Maybe. What now? What now? Should I do these calls or should um, I respond to these people on Twitter?
1: I would say do Twitter, and then um, we can talk about the open plan office and then calls or calls and then open plan.
0: I feel like there's a there's somebody who's been waiting here. I don't know. I redesigned the Ansible. I made it uh I, I made I, it pretty I bootstrapped it as they say with the with all that. So it's like easier to use and it's it's cleaner and there's somebody's been holding on it for an hour. So let's see if, if this will cross your fingers Hi. Hey
3: so um happy birthday Hattie Oh thank um, you. <laughs> second of all Welcome. Um, second of all, love the new show name. Um, third, I called in a few months ago. Um, I was the guy rifling through folders in my desk and who was talking about try- wanting to quit his job.
0: You sound much better yes, than trying no to get no folders.
3: So the story goes, I was working, I was getting into a rhythm of interviewing, getting interviews and doing stuff and making it sort of on the sly and quiet and faking doctor's appointments because the office environment didn't encourage or wouldn't accept the fact that you were interviewing elsewhere. And then uh, a Monday happened that I'm going to forever joke was called the Red Monday. Uh, We got an email an Outlook invitation at nine in the morning saying we'd like for all of you to attend an important meeting at 10 a.m. this morning. We were all called in, twenty-one of us. Some people were about to get one person was about to get married in ten days. Um, somebody had been there for twenty-five years, and we were told the division was no more. Wow! That the business model was broken. Uh, this is for one of the major institutions of the art world in the country, as so mm-hmm. we'll say. Um, and we were told that we had to. It was we had that was Monday, and we were told on Wednesday we would be leaving. Um, that we uh, HR came in and explained our severance packages to us, um, which were very, which were generous, um, from what I've been told, and that Cobra would be provided uh, um, at the institution's behest for through the end of August. And um, I realized I didn't have to lie anymore, and I could just say I'd interviewed that day instead of a dentist appointment that I had been claiming. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that was back in May. And I've spent this summer not relaxing. And the word grit actually I think might be the most definitive word right now Mm. um, for what's become because for New York State unemployment, you need to have three job actions per – three job hunt actions per week, which is a healthy and easy way to force me to keep applying, keep applying. And some – of my random applications led like to phone screeners. I'm looking to hear back at some point today actually about whether or not I'm gonna to proceed to an in person interview for one job that I would really enjoy. But the um underlying what went on between this is that enough people in my life came to me and told me that I'm in a very a lucky situation in my life right now where I've got a situation where I can actually pursue my passions that I was trying to get out with to the beginning. So I've been, uh, posting and writing an original article, original content, if you will I hate to use the C word or it's a new C word. Um, once a, Monday through Friday, once a day over on medium, uh, one person said use medium Another person said publish once a day. And I've been not letting myself, relax because I've been applying and showing that I can create yeah. just demonstrate. That's awesome. And that's, I just sort of want to call in and say, thank you guys for listening to me that day. Um, I've also called in when Merlin and you, Dan did a, um, in show on back to work. Yeah. Um, I was at a restaurant. It was really loud and obnoxious of me to do that. Um, but what's interesting about this whole thing is I had dinner last night with a, uh, th- relative who was her job behind for a year until they got hired at, um, the people that most of us search with by default on the internet, right. they're a contractor there and they might become full time soon. And it's, I'm lucky. I have to, I, you, you have to sort of figure out how lucky you are in some ways. And most of us might not feel lucky when it happens. I was looking to get a change in life when it happened to me. So luckily, I I have never actually reached the anger stage of this whole part of life. Everybody says, oh, that's fine for you. I'm like, no, it's fine for Merlin. And quote. Right. But um, the thing is, I just wanted to talk about basically you, what you were saying earlier about reading every night and to basically make it your life, every piece of the pie to use a back to work metaphor, you can't grow the pie, but try to find the slices that you're not using for your own creative ambition or your own personal ambitions i don't think I can on my own start because I want to be a, I want to be in a writing or online field i don 't know if I could do a complete institution or organization on my own, but I know what I on my own can create. And I'm learning. And I'm learning about that, and trying to network. And I just uh, want to say that I think a grit T-shirt would be pretty damn good. Um, what would it? How?
0: What would it look like? What would you want it to look like? Because I'll make. I'll make you a shirt.
3: <laughs> well, I think sand. I think there's some idea of like. Okay, the word grit. You're talking about particles of sand, or particles of matter. I think if it had a little bit of a sandpaper, like the whatever the uh, the letters had like a sandpapery look to them, like they were, um, like it was. I don't know. That's just this idea in my head. Like if I think grit is a great brand to have Yeah. Uh, another horrible buzzword. Um, but it's just, I think between that and, um, you know, another five by five shirt. And I've got a leaning stack of t-shirts in my bedroom that it's, it's just a, it's it's a monstrosity of life, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's, I wouldn't love to add one to that, and um, I made a little checklist while I was waiting to make sure I didn't forget to say anything. Uh, oh, yeah, the leads. That's uh, one of the things about uh, the 5x5 five at five the movies episode for um, uh, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah. Um, what I've learned is that the leads, leads are something that everybody has in their own life, and that, for me, job hunts every... Um, open app, open employment is a lead and you get on these like daily newsletters. So it's like media com or indeed. And they tell you what the openings are. Those are the leads that they give you. Right. And if you're complaining, if I were to complain, that, Oh, the leads are weak. No, I'm weak for not finding the leads that are out there. Cause there are other openings and other possibilities that you have to do manual work for that. You have to repeatedly network and check in for. And that's sort of why I have had my own little, uh, Al Pacino and, forgetting the name uh ricky roma kind of moment where it's sort of like you have to prove that you're ricky roma in a way um and so in this summer of very odd and shifting times uh five by five meant a lot and i just want to say thank you
0: oh man that's so awesome well thank, thank you thank you and I'm, I'm glad that your situation has uh at least regardless of what your situation is you've got something that what do you do He's always moving boxes or something. Um. What are you doing now? There's a, something I'm going to tell you. Thank you very much for uh, for the call. I, I sure do appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. keep listening.
4: Okay, what are you doing now?
0: Oh, he hung up. <laughs> he hung up on his own. I had my hand on the dump button. Did you see that? I changed the red button instead of hang up. It says dump. I like that. That's what we call it in the in the radio business. Uh, what I love about this guy is his attitude. Yeah. Forget what happens. The he has the right attitude. Here's here's the thing. There is nothing that you can, grit, right? There is absolutely yeah. nothing that should happen to you that should make you give up. And whatever that situation is, whatever the situation is, the answer is, okay, fine. That's not going to work. This other thing will work then. Oh, that failed? Okay. This next thing is going to I can work. make it work. I'll make this thing work.
1: Tim Gunn, oh, the the enti-
0: the Yeah. The entire thing, this, a whole department has been canceled. That's all right. Opportunity for me to do something else. Get off my ass. That's it. Look at it in a positive way. Turn it around. Yep. Okay. Matt on Twitter asked me, thanks first time Gritter. Any thoughts (laughs) on career change when you're older, feeling stuck, too late, etc. And I said, you should call. And he says, I can't. Trapped at a public workbench, getting heart palpitations, just thinking about it. Well, listen I I say without more information about Matt's situation I can't really give him the advice that I think that he needs uh, because I don't know what his he says he's too old let me look at his picture look at his picture here that's probably not him that looks like a stock photo
1: <laughs> of another person?
0: of another person maybe it is him in which case he's got a really great I closed it a really great, great haircut and 70s style beard. But I would say it depends on what your obligations are. And that's what it always comes down to, Matt. What are your other obligations? Being too old, is, it's never too late. Unless you have obligations, then it's too late. Then it has to be a hobby first. And where do you fit time for your hobby if you're working eight to 10 hours a day and you've got kids to drive all around, my kid's new school Hattie is going to start, he's I got to get him there. Someone has to get him there at 730 in the morning. We don't even, we were not even used to leaving until 830 or so to get him there at the old school. That's
1: going to be a change.
0: <laughs> so I don't know how we're going to handle that, but how, you know, compute, that's not unusual. Compute this into your day. Now you've got to get your kids to school. You've got to get yourself dressed and ready. You've got to be at work. You've got to work a full day. Probably got to pick the kids up. There's errands to run. There's other family duties that you've got to do. And then at at the end of the day, where, where, what, how are you going to learn the new skills? You know, what, what are you going to do to learn and master these new skills? How are you going to make this career change? How are you going to find a job? People and the other day were tweeting to me saying, "Well, how do I, how do I uh, focus on on doing a podcast? Should I just quit my job and do? But no. But where are you going to find the time? That's what I think Matt means by make being time. too old. Yeah. Am I? What he's really I hear him saying is, "Am I too committed to the life that I've chosen for myself to am make I a career change? <laughs> but what are you really afraid of? Are you, are you afraid that you won't make the same kind of money? Are you afraid that you'll step into something and not like it? Are you afraid that uh, you'll lose the see, the perceived security that you have at mm-hmm. the current place? I've got an answer for each of those. If you're afraid you won't make enough money, well, you won't. If you're making a career change, unless you're an expert in that thing that you're going into, you will right. always make less money. Are you afraid that you're going to give up the perceived security? Yeah, You will be giving up the perception that you have of security, and which may or may not be real. Are you concerned that uh, that you're going to have to start off at a lower point up the totem pole? You will. If these things don't scare you, if they make it worth it, you know, nobody's stuck. That's the one thing I want to say is, they, yes, I mean, yeah, okay, let me take that back. Sometimes people are stuck. And by the way, two or three calls all dropped after I took that other guy's call. Not a computer glitch. I'm just saying they, they gave up. Why? They were on hold for six minutes. Wimps. <laughs>
3: He waited for like an hour. That guy
0: waited an hour to talk. See, he has grit. He's the champion of the show. He is
1: the superhero of the show.
0: I think that there is this huge opportunity for people to not give up, to keep trying and doing something. If you're interested in making a career change, then, then build yourself up in that space that you're going into. I don't know what Matt's trying to go to and from. I don't know. He's trying to go to and from. Is he? Is he? You know, uh, does he work in a print shop, and he wants to become a doctor, or is he thinking, "Well, I'm I'm a developer, and I want to try my hand at design." If they're related fields, you might be able to get a job at a smaller company. How many jobs do you have, Hattie?
1: Currently at this company, yeah. Uh,
0: How many full time jobs do you have?
1: Many, <laughs> like
0: three or four. So if you wanted, so when you, you, you came here with a marketing and design background and advertising, advertising, and you've done, you've done production work, you've on the air. Now your main time is working on sales, but you still get an opportunity to do a lot of these other things that, that you want to do. If
1: even organization of the office, everything, everything, it never ends.
0: That's because it's a small company, right? If you're in a job. And you're like, well, this is what I know, but I want to learn these other things. Why not find a company where you can still do that one job, but you know because it's small, you'll get exposure to and uh, experience with these other things that you want to do. Yeah. The bigger the company, the more specific your job will be. Exactly. And the less flexibility you'll have to try other things. But when you're in a small company...
1: You can do um, literally anything.
0: You might have to do other things. Right. <laughs> you Even know? things
1: that you don't want to right. do. But at least you're busy. At least you're do- not... I'm sitting at a desk typing numbers into an Excel spreadsheet all day. You know, at least you're getting to do other things. I think a lot of people take that for granted. They're like, oh, I have to do this and then I have to do this and then that. And then I have to go and do this thing and then I have to completely lose my train of thought and then go do this. At least you're not sitting under a fluorescent lamp all day just, you know, blindly entering numbers into something. I mean that's my own personal uh hell is just sitting in that cube yeah with no one speaking under fluorescent fluorescent light
0: yeah Mundane i mean no, nobody wants tasks. that and that's actually a good segue to the link when i was telling hattie i was uh, uh, yes. we went on a test drive early early this morning uh we're actually uh going to be doing a little road trip and uh and and so i said listen i'm going to just gonna do a really quick test drive <laughs> And the whole time I was talking on the way back, I was like, listen, I can't do, I can't do the show today.
1: And I was like, you gotta.
0: See, even, even I have masters who I must serve (laughs) and they are called sponsors. (laughs) She's like, uh... Jane's gonna be pretty angry if you don't do this.
1: Like, Fine. if you would like to email her, you you may. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that scared me, so I said, "Fine, I'll do a show." But the reality of it is, uh, I'm driving back. I'm like, I I don't know exactly what I'm going to talk about. And Hattie keeps saying, well, "I put a link in for you." But I put a link in for you. Okay, but I put a link in for you. You've never been so proud of adding a link to a show as you were with this link.
1: It's not in proud. In my whole it's life, just, in the um, two
0: years that you've been no, here, no,
1: I showed you many links on the frequency. But you've that never talked up
0: a link the way that you've talked up this link.
1: I just said I put one in. I just meant you Every have at least one like, thing to such talk a great about. Link.
0: It's so amazing. It's
1: not amazing. It's not great. It's just not. It's just a link.
0: The way you talked about it. So I'm going to look at this link now. Actually, I looked at it a little bit before. I'm not used to looking for grit in the list. I'm still looking for quit.
1: I know. <laughs> it's higher up in the in alphabet.
0: So this is an interesting article, and uh, Hattie, what I'm about to do in, in what we call in the radio business is is a teaser,
4: because
0: mm-hmm. w- the way this works is I'm going to give them a hint about what I'm about to talk about. And now we got the two callers called back in. Uh huh. I'm going to give them a teaser of what this call is, about, uh, what this article is about, and then I'm going to go into a sponsor before they can hit their fast forward uh, 30 second button. Correct. I've talked to you in the past about offices and office. We have what you might describe as an open office here. I agree. We try to have it set up so that everybody has a nice amount of personal space. They've, everybody has a beautiful window view that, look at look at downtown today, Austin.
1: This is a good environment. Are
0: you, can you see the downtown, Austin? Look at the view today.
1: Oh, it's gorgeous. The, the sun is hitting clear. everything. That's because it's Hattie's Day. Aww.
0: And uh, everybody gets this amazing view of downtown. So it's the best we could do with an open office. But this article here says open office plans make employees less productive, less happy, and more likely to get sick. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store for a free trial and 10% off. You are going to go to squarespace.com. Slash quit. Slash quit. And the code that you're going to use is quit. 10% off. Simple and easy to use this thing. Beautiful design. Drag and drop for your content. 24-7 support through chat and email. They've got offices in New York City, Dublin, and Portland now. Eight bucks a month with our code. Eight bucks a month is all it takes. And if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name. Built-in e-commerce. Beautiful, responsive designs are going to look great on pretty much every single device. Hattie. I know. Every device. What about Android? What about iPhone? What about iPad? What about these various computers? All of it. I bet it would even look beautiful on the visual uh, display screen in your Tesla that you drive around now.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty cool screen. So you
0: can browse in that. You start with a trial. You don't even give them a credit card. Like, we don't want it. They don't need it. They don't need it you start building your website import your content from tons of other places you want to make uh, your podcaster use it for your podcast You're your musician you get a band they've got a, a thing for that this is the best way to support the show is to use these codes go to harry's and get a razor and then uh, talk about how much you like the razor on squarespace done exactly on your podcast that's hosted on squarespace cohesive we would like to thank squarespace for their support of grit Code is quit though. Ten percent off. Go check them out, squarespace.com. Open offices. Here's what they say in this art this article that had you so proud of.
1: It's not I'm not proud of it. I just you kept saying I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> like my link was <Lincoln's>
2: rubbish. <laughs>
0: Nearly three quarters of Americans work in open plan offices. According to the International Management Facility Association, 70% of American employees work in these open plan offices today. Mark Zuckerberg hired Frank Gehry to design Facebook's office expansion in Menlo Park in California. They're working on this now. It will be the world's largest open plan office. Wow. But here's the deal. Workers who share an office take more sick days than those who work in their own closed spaces. This is a study in the Scandinavian Journal of Work, Environment, and Health. They found that open office setups reported 62% more sick days Mm -hmm. on average than one occupant layouts. One suggested explanation, unsurprisingly, was that viruses and bacteria are spreading more easily in open offices. Another was that open offices are more stressful to work in because of lack of privacy. I don't like that. That it's stressful? I don't want people to feel stressed in here.
1: I don't think they feel stressed.
0: Do you think... Uh, we'll have to do a poll. I don't know. I hope not.
1: Yeah, I hope they're not stressed. I
0: don't want them to be. See,
1: I I don't like on, being the milk. shut in a room. I I For me, I would take the door right off the hinges if I didn't have to do, like, you know, private phone calls where we talk about budgets and things like that. But, um, but I'm a very open door kind of person. I'm not, I'm easily distracted if that makes sense, but not if the distraction is not directed straight at me.
2: Hmm.
0: Apparently that's not the only issue germs. (laughs) It's also noise. Researchers from the Hong Kong Polytechnic University wanted to study which aspects of office design had the biggest impact on workers' productivity. So they talked to 259 office workers about the importance of sound, temperature, office layout, air quality, and lighting. And they found that sound and temperature mattered most. Temperature. The the most irritating noises were conversations, ringing phones, and machines. They also found that the environment mattered least to younger participants, those over 45 were more sensitive to that, and factors like noise and temperature had even more of an effect on their productivity. Speaking of which, open-plan offices are less productive in general. Virginia State University and North Carolina State University found evidence that they're linked to lower productivity. Evidence. And uh, the big trend for a while, and I think still, is to uh, to to make offices open plans like right. if you have oh we're taking the walls out making it an open office and they say that despite the beautiful workstations that we have here the, gl- the glass everything if you're like uh-huh. it's like, tr- like tron during the day here yeah it's beautiful they concluded that uh even these great workstations still don't help two and a half days a year employers are having to uh to lose their employees because of this two and a half days a year but what do you do should we put up walls in here should we put up those cube walls in here?
1: Yeah. I I can I do see the
0: way the future. If
1: you took an office not this small, but but like a a larger office, I'm I keep thinking Mailchimp keeps coming into my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, they have those big long open plan offices. Do you remember when uh, we were in there for when we recorded that little recording booth that they had in the back? Do you remember that? I do. Um, that. Uh, that was a very long open plan office with like the kind of tables with the kind of cube, kind of like half cube, you know, where you have kind of like the little window part at the top or it's just shorter. Um, I can see that if you really, if you cut that up into like four or five rooms or at least had a doorway that was at the back that you then go into the next part and then, you know, and they had like 10 people in there and then whatever. That, I can see how that would be more productive because it's, It cuts down on the number of people and traffic that are going through there, I guess. Yeah. And uh, it would also, it keeps, you know, the number of people that could potentially interrupt you. So if you're in a room with four people, that's only, you know, four people that could interrupt you. But if you're in a room with 70, if any of those 70 people do anything, you might be disrupted or lose your concentration. Which is not good.
0: You know, in a situation like we have, um, there's not much that you can do to change it. What was that signal?
1: Uh, When people are uh, listening to music. Oh, yeah.
0: Sometimes we come in the office here and there'll be music playing. I know who (laughs) does it. It's easy because there's only like three or four other people, but.
1: Where is that music coming from? Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, but that's that's the kind of thing like then you wind up with people who are trying to create these little cones of isolation for themselves by putting on headphones. Maybe they don't want to be listening to music or white noise or whatever is playing in there. But like they don't have a choice because they want to get stuff done and they can't concentrate because there's people walking around like I'm very sensitive to that. And I was very anti the open office for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I, and still, even though we have an open office just to make things work, you
1: have a tendency to shut the door. Just when you need door. to focus, that's then
0: And then, what, and then you, you're you trapped in there and you have to just sort of be silent. <laughs> but, you know, okay. we, we the way that we, we it have... It
1: helps me focus. We it have really the
0: studio does. and then we have the office and then we have the rest of the open office. And it, so you and I are in the, the one office room so that when we are on sponsor calls, uh, we can shut the door and get privacy uh, from that.
1: And we don't bother Bailey and we Miranda. Sometimes Bailey and Miranda Bailey's on Chad another or call. Or whoever's
0: in here. Yeah. And uh, But it's just the best use of space. I would love to give everybody a private office with that same view. I don't know.
1: See, for me, it kind of hinders, um, if, if everyone had their own office where they could shut the door, that hinders the, I guess, inclusion of everyone. Does that yeah. make sense? You know, you can't just walk out and be like, we need to start working on this right now. You have to, oh, I'm going to go to everyone's individual office and knock on the door and wait for them to come to the door and ask them, oh, uh, are, can, can you talk right now? Yes, you can. Okay, good. We need to start working on this. Okay, now I have to go and do the same thing to the next right. person. Or it's, it just doesn't seem very collaborative, but it's saying that there's less productivity. Yeah. But is I think it depends on the type of business it is. Because the type of business that we run, everyone needs to know everything that's going on at all times because everything depends on everything
2: else.
0: Yes.
1: Miranda can't come in here and record a show whether uh, if she doesn't know what sponsor reads to put out for you, but she won't know what sponsor reads are need to be put out if Bailey and I can't tell her.
0: Yeah, so, very collaborative. So
1: if everyone had their own office... How many trips around to different offices? Right. That's, you know, but if you're, I'm in a finance team and I'm working with some, with people individually on the phone all day. Right. Yes. Yes. Please give me my own th- office.
0: Those two people do accounting, so they're going to be in right. that, and th- and then we've got two the designers. Does, They'll right. be over in this room, or we've got a you know we've got one person who just writes code needs a door shut, silence all day. Like then
1: maybe they're talking about large open plan offices. Yeah. You know what
0: they don't say in this amazing article that you've linked. Oh, uh, That uh, they don't say what size the companies are. Is it different? Because I
1: think this makes me more productive in in an open plan like this. I'm
0: hopeful that that's true for everyone here, but. I know that our friends uh, over at Fun Size, yes, they have an open office. Everyone's in the open, and they're in constant collaboration and talking to each other,
1: especially in a design. I wonder. Thing. I wonder if if it matters in the business or the if, size. Right.
0: Hmm. All right, let's take a take a call because these people are going to get uh, surly. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How are you?
2: Hey, good. How are you?
0: Good. Who's this? This
2: is. Uh... This is Justin. I actually emailed to you. I thought I'd call in.
0: Thank you, Justin.
2: <laughs> Managed to get some time on lunch to try and. Uh,
0: you're you're the one in front of the TARDIS, right? On. Yes. Well, I already talked about you. Okay. Did you hear it?
2: I heard part of it, and then you were saying that maybe you wanted me to call in. And I'm glad you, you called in. Call yes, it's
0: good. The TARDIS looks like it's made out of wood.
2: It is. <laughs> It's not my TARDIS. I was
0: just near it at the time. Oh. <laughs> you don't have to tell people it's not. I mean, sure. it might, might work for you, at, you know, parties or whatever. Be like, yeah, dude, check this out. And you bring out this picture of you in front of a TARDIS. You're like, yeah, it's mine. It's how I got here. Because they go through both time <laughs> exactly. and space. Like, you, it's not just one location. Like, you can move You can move it no from one, one, owns one part the of town TARDIS. to another. Right. So here's, here's the well, thing. I, that. I, I, well, listen, let's cut to the chase with you because you, you've been on hold for a while. And I, I just, I want to help you. Here's what I'm saying. Pay off the loan. Pay it off. It
1: will just make you feel so much better.
0: (laughs) What is the job so bad right now? Are you like, is it really terrible?
4: It's not terrible. It's just
2: we have maybe six people in our office. So my job is not as regular as I'd like it to be. I could be doing anything from running out and grabbing lunch
0: to. Mm, So you're like an intern.
2: That we turn in. Do what?
0: You're like an intern. How old are you?
2: Pretty much. I'm 23.
0: yeah So. I mean, that, that's not that's not super, but it's not like you're paying your dues. You're just in a job that's like, you're like a gopher.
4: Yeah. I'm,
2: I'm the lowest paid in the office, so it's easier and less, you know, intensive to send me out and do things than, say, someone else in the office.
0: Yeah. So. So I, I still think it might be a little demeaning, but like if you've got money coming in and you don't have another – if there's not another firm out there that you could go work for in the field that you really want to be in, if that if you find that job, like you want to go into this architectural lighting, right? If you find a company yeah. that does architectural lighting, that's like, yeah, we'll hire you and we'll pay you about the same thing that you're making now. And you're going to be working in this field. And we know that you want to go to school to get your master's degree to do this. And we'll be supportive of that. Like find that job. Don't just switch to another job unless you've got an ideal situation. If you're in the process of paying off your, uh, your loan, like pay that, get it. Yeah. You say within a year, like it sounds like your job isn't so much awful, As it is just not what you really want to be doing. But you don't want to give up that thing that's a known thing that's helping you meet your goal. And your number one goal should be owe nothing. That should be your number one goal. Uh Owe nothing. The less you owe, the less tied to that job or to your other goals and responsibilities you want. You will not have a happier day when you're standing there writing that last check and you're like, guess what? I owe nothing.
1: I can do whatever I want now. I can do
0: whatever I want. Okay. That's your goal. Your goal every day when you wake up is I owe $10,000 and now I'm writing a check. Now I own $8,500 and the next week... Now I owe $7,500 and you're going to take those things off that list one by one until you can say, I don't owe anything. I don't owe anything. Now I can quit and do whatever I want to do. I can go and take a pay cut to be in a job where I'm going to be doing what I really want to do and learning what I really want to learn. And in that, after that, you know, that year is going to suck. A year is not a lot of time. 23, a year is not a lot of time. Now, meanwhile, here's what I will say. Meanwhile. You should be out there looking for a job in a firm doing the thing that you want to do that's going to pay you you know comparably. Look at look for that every yeah. single day. And the day that you find that, go to those people, go on the interview, blow them away and say, "Listen, I'm paying off a student loan. I need to get a master's degree." This, these are my priorities along with learning the stuff at your job. How do you feel as an employer about that? You may be shocked to find out that they're like, that's awesome. And we're going to put you to work here doing what you need to be doing. That's a job that you want to get. Yeah.
2: Funny thing my boss actually has a relative that works at a lighting firm up here. Now I've just, I'm on the cusp of wanting to say, Hey, can you, you think you could help me get in there so that I could achieve this goal? But that's awkward to talk to your boss and say, hey, I don't want to work here. I'd rather work at this other place. Well. So that's kind of uncomfortable.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I mean. It kind of depends
1: on the type of boss yeah. that he is.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: I mean, he, he does a lot of contracts and stuff, so he seems very, you know, he he's very detail-oriented and stuff, but mm-hmm. I think that if you saw that, you know, this is something that would help me along, that may be a good thing, but it still, it feels like a really awkward conversation to have,
4: especially Maybe.
2: as small a firm as we are, and as, yeah. because when I take time off, it, they're like, they're hurting for me when I get back.
0: Yeah. What
1: would yeah. you do, Dan? Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, I still think you got to, in some ways. I don't mean to be like a like a downer, but like stay the course to some degree. If you want to go to the to this person and express what your interests are, uh, without putting any demands, but just just kind of going in and saying, the, the next time that you guys are in a meeting, the next time that there's a performance review, the next time that that uh, you're in this a private conversation, say, listen, I wanted to just take a minute to share with you. I just wanted to give you an update on what I'm up to no, no ultimatums, okay. no goal, just, I just wanted to share with you. So I've got, you know, I'm, I'm working on a finish grad, you know, I'm graduating in December. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm working as hard as I can here. Cause I really want to pay off my student loan. And you know, this is what I'm passionate about. And I just wanted to talk to you about, about that and let you know, like, this is what I'm working toward. And you, you know, I, I, I enjoy working here and I, I love the stability of it. And I'm, you know, I'm working on this. But if there's anything you can think of, you know, for me that I could do that would put me closer to, to this goal that I have, I would really appreciate it and say it a very positive way. Very positive. Yeah. That person, if they're a good person, will come back and, and they'll want to support you in that. You know, if, yeah. somebody, if one of my employees came to me and said, I really like what I'm doing, but this is my passion and mm-hmm. I want to pursue it. Yeah. My, my obligation is to try and help them. And worst case scenario, I can say, "Gosh, I, you know, we we just don't do that here." Um, but uh, you're a valuable employee, and what can I do to make your your time here better? They yeah. owe they owe that to you. They're not going to show you the door. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for. The yeah, help of course. And, thanks. Thanks uh, for the call. Addie,
2: happy birthday.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
2: and I'll keep on listening. So.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Let us know what happens.
2: I will.
1: Thanks.
0: Bye. Bye. He didn't sound happy.
1: Yeah, I think he's just he's he he's torn. He I feel torn. like and I it sucks when you're like I can do so much more than this, but they you know but he want he wants that that lighting Job. He wants to be in
0: that. I don't blame him. And he's it's not, that he's transition, not in a good job. Yeah,
1: it's that transition period that you're just like, it's so difficult because you're like, do I do I go out on a branch and potentially lose everything or for this thing that I want so badly? Or or do I just stay here and kind of write it out and then once my loans are off, then I can go do what I want to do and put myself into it completely.
0: Yeah. You okay? Yeah. How do you remember when my beautiful, precious angel, my three-year-old yes. daughter, poured water into my eleven-inch MacBook Air?
1: I do. Yeah.
0: This morning, she uh, threw my wife's iPhone into the toilet.
1: Is a thing with water doesn't
0: she? and ruined that and ruined that device.
1: What uh, will there be a new phone purchase, or will will she be waiting for the six?
0: Well, the new ones are going to be announced in just a few weeks, so I'm going to put her on Android, I guess, because I have that Android HDCM eight one.
1: You also have those phones that you tried to send back to weren't the those Zelle. on Verizon though? One of them was not. I feel like because remember there's three. There no, they were all Verizon. Weren't all they were all Verizon. Because it was mine, yours. No way. And- See, I think one of them was not on Verizon. We need to go look. They're All just right, in there.
0: All we'll right, look. All right, last call, and then we're done with this. uh with this show. Hi there, you're on the air. Who's this?
4: Howdy. Hey, this is Scott. Hi, Scott. So the, the last guy. So he he said that they value him. Like he said, when they, when he is out, they are hurting when he gets back. That's what and he so, says. I mean, I vaguely remember being 23. So. Being valued and knowing you're valued at 23 in a business—that's not entirely common, mm. you know. Like that's a good thing. So, um, just you know, for consideration, if he feels, if he knows he's valued, that leads to networking, referrals, like those are things we all need in life. And I thought what you said in terms of um, having a conversation, where I'm like, look, this is what I'm seeing for myself. Is there something I can do? Is there someone I can shadow here to sort of help me towards that goal? That's him kind of telling his boss that he has his eyes looking around at opportunities, but he's saying in the context of like, how can I reach that potential here within my organization? And it's, if his boss is a smart guy, he would understand like, oh, this is what my this is what this guy wants to do, but um and therefore I'm you know, maybe he's looking around or other opportunities to to achieve that. Um but you're saying in a really sort of, you know, meaningful and and kind of appreciative way as a member of his organization. So it's kind of like he was just worried of this awkward conversation where, like you said, it could be a really kind of a nurturing conversation. And if you can just hang in there, um, you know he's he's gonna get a, a great referral and a good network out
0: of it yeah I think that so, you you've which, made a well, really great, a great point yeah yep. you made a really great point and is the is the whole referral thing is that here's a guy who's not doing necessarily what he wants to be doing uh, and clearly is needed at the company and if he sticks to it get, yeah that's a great point he's gonna walk away with this with he's There's got a long- term yeah and there are always long-term effects how yeah. do uh you know we've talked about this so many times is that uh you know The people that you meet, the jobs that you have, those things stick around and follow you around forever, you know, that, that story that I've told many times of when I, you know, was in a disgruntled IT support position, um, you know, and then years later. Went to work at, applied at a different company and this lady, I was doing great. The interviews were going great. Everyone loved me. They're like pretty much, hand, you know, ready to give me the offer. And then I ran into this lady who knew me five years earlier when I was a completely different human being in a totally completely angry. terrible job with yeah. a with a boss I didn't like doing a job that wasn't you know good for me. And, and she pretty much, I, I know that this happened because all of a sudden these great interviews went bad. It's the one job I didn't get that I applied for in my like whole life. And, and
1: it, I bet you anything it was because of her.
0: I'm pretty sure she went listen and said, you know what? I've worked with him before.
1: Uh, I'm giving my opinion. My
0: opinion, maybe not the best hire for this job. You know, I don't know. I think that's what happened. And she yeah. was right to say that based on my performance right. in that other job. But she didn't know me outside of that one context of right. that job. Right. But. That's all right because in
1: if she had done it right, she should have said he may have changed, and you know, however he's presenting himself in this interview is probably how he's going to be. Right. But based on in the past, in the this past is, this is what is my experience. right,
0: and that kind of thing sticks around with you. If this guy shares his thoughts with his boss, sticks around, does a great job, and leaves, they're going to say, "Oh, we lost him. He was he was great while he was we here. We wish but he
1: could stay. Wish he could yeah. stay." But
0: you know what? He's pursuing this thing, and when someone calls and says, "How'd he do?" They're going to be like, he was, I He's knew He's so this. great.
1: We wish he was still
4: here. We wish he was still here. Yeah.
0: So you bring up and make a really good point. Did you have a question or something you wanted to ask? Yeah. Well,
4: I had a whole rant on open offices, but you guys are wrapping up here, so I can, I can table that. Let's hear uh,
0: it. How about this? Give me the 30-second rant.
4: Okay. So I, I feel like this is kind of this mythical, romantic history of the open office. I was in San Francisco from 99 to 2001, that first dot-com big old bubble. And we were in an old, um, kind of like abandoned uh, dance studio, right? And there was a lot of companies and dot-coms that the reason they had an open office is that they were all broke at the time. They moved into empty buildings and old you know, old uh, uh, parts of town that um, were sort of being rejuvenated at the time, but there weren't walls in a lot of these buildings. Mm. And so over time, it was sort of like, oh, this is the dot-com thing, these open offices and exposed brick and stuff. But it's like it was a matter of necessity back then. It wasn't some planned uh, you know operational efficiency thing where everyone felt like this is a better way to work. right. Um, I, I don't personally like it. I spent a lot of time back then, literally under my desk on phone calls um, to because it was the quietest place to be. so i'm I'm not a big fan. and just like in terms of wearing headphones, like that's the thing now. I work in an office full of engineers. And I'm on the account management and sort of uh, onboarding side of things, so I'm the loudest guy in the office. Right. But they're all wearing headphones. So how how is how is walking up to someone with headphones and asking them, you know, hi, oh, you know, are you are you on the? Can you guys, Can you talk? Oh, how is that any different than having to walk into an office? Like people are closing themselves off with headphones as if they had a cube wall. Right. And I'll take my answer up there. Thank you.
0: No, I, I think you, uh, you 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 totally nailed it. Yeah, and, uh,
4: I love to
1: hear the the background of that. That you know, everyone's like, we're going to build an open plan office on purpose, and all this, and in reality, it was just out of necessity, and the exposed brick and things like that was just. That's the best you could get at the time. I love that. And somehow that
0: has become like the coveted, Well, we we need some exposed brick in here. Well, no, it was like an abandoned building that they put electricity into and this is (laughs) what they could afford with their money. And now
1: people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars to try and make it look like that. Yeah. I I love that. It's very. It reminds me of fashion in a way like I'm going to pay for torn jeans. Yeah. Like my jeans just tore because I was out ranching. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's funny. Well, anyway, listen, thank you so much for the call, and I appreciate the insight for the other caller, too. Thank you. Okay, dumb. So, that's it. Pretty good show, I think. Hattie, very good, good a show. Good first, good, uh, uh, yeah,
1: third gr- grit. The first,
0: third,
1: grit. I, I was trying to say first grit.
0: Well, so how are you going to be, uh, how do you think you're going to be celebrating your uh, your birthday? Anything special planned?
1: Yep. We're going up to Dalai. Dallas. Dallas. Dallas, Texas.
0: Dallas, Texas. Yeah. And uh, we're going,
1: uh, we're attending.
0: There is a, uh, oh, hold on. I want to click this on the air. Hold on. <laughs> No more calls. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're going to be going up to attend the what is it called? Podcast podcast Mo- movement movement. I keep Festival. going to say
1: podcast nation.
0: We're going to be hanging out there. A few other folks from our company will be there. So if you happen to be in the Dallas, office is
1: caravanning.
0: Yeah, so if you happen to be in Dallas and uh, and and going to this thing, we'll look forward to seeing you there. If not, we'll see you here. We do a number of shows. Hattie does a show called the Frequency. Uh, I do a handful of other shows. You can find out more about those by going to 5 5tv And if you want the, sh- the the show notes, the three links uh, for this, uh, three whole links, because I got grit and got a couple, and the one, the special link that Hattie put in.
1: It sounds special.
0: 5 5tv slash quit slash 53. We look forward to uh, returning next week. Hope you like the new name of the show. And I uh, sure do appreciate to everybody who called in and who listens live. It makes a big difference. And please do go visit our sponsors, squarespace.com and uh, harrys.com. Help the show keep it going. And that's all we got for you this week. Thanks so much. You can follow Hattie on Twitter. She is Hattie Bird, H-A-T-T-I-E Bird. I am Dan Benjamin on Twitter. And, and everywhere. And everywhere. And... The show has an uh, updated Twitter name instead of being Quit Show. It is Grit Show on Twitter. <laughs> so you can follow the show too. We appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. And have a good week. Bye.